0: Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice?
1: Get a cup of coffee in here, please. You're listening to the Huffy Coffee Cast with Reese Bolton and Rhys
0: Jones. I want to get some coffee. You want some coffee? Okay, this guy needs coffee and coolers. Stack.
1: Good coffee and hot, everybody. Happy December, Merry Christmas. Uh, well, Christmas has come around the corner, but I thought you know, the holidays are coming, the holidays (laughs) are coming. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, so, um, hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hot Coffee Cast. We talk everything, film, TV, video games, and conspiracy theories. I'm your host, Reese Bolton, and I'm your host, Reese Jones. Uh, and speaking about Christmas uh, movies today, we are reviewing the second installment in the Die Hard series, Die Hard Two, also known as Die Hard: Die Harder, uh, which I would say is if we make if if the important logic that Die Hard is a Christmas film, which I I think when we reviewed it like in our way back in twenty twenty, yeah, I think we did say it was a Christmas film, yeah. Um, so it a Christmas film. The this film is a Christmas film anyway. So, um, so yeah, this is uh, I mean this is like we're not knocking on Plaza anymore. You're in a Dallas airport. It's on Christmas Eve, and terrorists have uh, hijacked the airport. And for John McClane, lightning does strike twice. Um, <laughs> so I can't really, we can't really talk about this as well. I mean, um, it's such a really fun, fun action movie. We'll give your thoughts and opinions on that. And we've got some news to talk about as well. We have a few uh, teaser trailers uh, released from CCXP in Brazil. That was uh, this weekend. I think this' still going on right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about this, uh, this, this week. And so you can fo- follow us on uh, Instagram, instagram.com slash Facebook at the horrorcoffeecast, Twitter at the Hory Coffee cast and uh, you can email us at, g- at holycovicast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, please like share follow and all of you if you enjoyed this episode you know like when people say like i just say twitter now because i've seen like news articles when people say x and yeah. then they say the next day they say formerly twitter like <laughs> you know, even if it was called twitter like no exactly like yeah. everyone knows what x is like twitter it's
0: yeah it's, it's like you know the, the artist formerly known as prince um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, this is why you know, like everything like going on with like Elon. Like you know, obviously, like his opinions are his own, but like all like these weird things that he's doing is not good for business, is it? Like like changing the name of Twitter to X purely because he always wanted. This like this is true. It's like he always wanted to have a company called X.
1: I think he's just you got know? too much money. To be honest, he's like, he's like an ego stuff. the size like, of planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he's literally the type to make like to make, like, a, a meme world or
0: something like that in the future? I don't know, like, he's, he's... Yeah, he tried to release... um When he was with Grimes, he tried to release, like, some dubstep music, and it was absolutely <laughs> abysmal. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, He reminds me so much of uh, uh, Kendall Roy. He does Kendall Roy's, like, in, in his Yeah, legend, he's got so much money, yeah. but he just does stupid stuff of it, like... Yeah
0: at least kendall roy has good taste in music
1: yeah like the
0: episode. l to the o-g-a-n-n-e like... play
1: it's like the episode where he has a birthday party for himself and he puts like so much money into it and it's, it's so, so like egotistical
0: yeah i miss i miss succession i oh, really God, do it. i do i do uh... as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it was it, it was his uh it was a prime thing at his time um yeah, so um, I talk about you know, talk about trades today. Uh, what trade do you want to start off with? We've got uh, well, we've got. A couple Ooh, entries, can
0: we can we please talk about uh, House of the Dragon season two? Yeah,
1: yeah, we start with House of Dragon season two.
0: So Ooh, um, I am I am frothing. So to talk about in, uh,
1: this. Uh, yesterday, um, Saturday second. Um, this was uh, the House of Dragon teaser trailer for season two was dropped at CC uh, XP. Um, there were some counter posters that came out before that showing uh both uh of Targaryen and um ha- You know, Alicent, Alicent yeah. So um As in High Tower, and it looks like this is gonna be like the war has begun. Like, and from this yes. trailer, we see like a lot of battle scenes. Uh we see like there there are some moments which uh you i can see remember from the books as well that is coming up i mean there's a shot of uh i think it's cheese with throat to helena targaryen's throat
0: oh my uh, god we know what's yes.
1: gonna happen um there's a couple of shots of daemon riding uh riding his dragon we get a couple of shots of um
0: give uh, vega yeah we? You get a fly yeah, over shot, yeah and you truly get the size of, of vega oh my god yeah and um you get to see the assembled high tower troops as well, alongside I think it's um House Rosby who are um, Crownlands um, forces, so they like live like next to King's Landing. Yeah. So I, I think the Greens um, command uh, House Rosby. I'm not quite sure, but um, we see. Um, oh damn it! Is it Elena? It's um one of uh, Damon's daughters by um. Uh, Lena Valarion. I I forget his daughter's name but um she's like screaming we get to see um oh god damn it um I think it's sheep stealer it's a, a wild dragon who gets to be ridden by this peasant girl called Nettles you see her sort of with like holding like a, a staff or something yeah i remember that also. that's yeah. a-, a new character um i mean you know, like like yourself. You know, I was hoping for a glimpse of uh, House Stark, but um, I I think maybe we're gonna guess House Stark in like, the latter half. Maybe
1: I I, I did go through the, the teaser and try and pick out yeah. moments when there were soldiers. I was like, okay, I'm trying to find the banner of House Stark. Yeah. But I didn't. But to be fair, this, yeah. this is where well, can probably gonna can have like another trailer coming out later on anyway. So House Stark might feature in that. Mm. Uh, but
0: this- we get to see. Um, uh, Oh damn, um Kristen Cole and um he's cut his hair for some reason. Yeah. And you see that he's wearing the um the, the chain of office of the hand of the king over his king's guard armor. Oh wow. So okay yeah, it's development. Um he's he's beheading someone as well whilst he's uh, whilst he's wearing it, which is cool. Um it's all kicking off. Like anyone that's like unfamiliar with like what happens, it, it is oh my god. You get to see Aegon 2 as well. So um I mean, Aegon the second, you know, and he's there with all his sort of like loyalists. Um, I think we get to see, um, Sunfire is dragon.
1: Yeah, we do. We do. Um, yeah, we do get a moment where, um, it's also like in a forest where we see some, some soldiers like running out into this open field in between like, uh, yeah. two in between like two forests or woodland. So, mm. um, and we see this shot of two of two dragons, like really, really, really good shot of two dragons, like kind of sat like on our side of like a sandy beach, and then we yeah. got two characters. And then I I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know whether it's Daemon and Rhaenyra, or it's probably is it going to be like I don't know Rhaenyra meeting like someone from um, yeah how you know um...
0: I think it might be Rhaenyra and Aegon, so it might be Syrax and. Sunfire, so it's
1: basically maybe. basically they're going to meet and you know yeah kinda, maybe they'll like,
0: hash out maybe diplomatic kind um, diplomatic
1: kind yeah. like treaty or
0: something. There's a um a little like cutaway, a tiny thing of um uh Damon and he's like hacking down with his sword. So with um Dark Sister and in the background you see a weirwood tree. So I'm instantly going like full tinfoil hat. Going oh my god, like is he sacrificing something to the old gods or? Well, we shall see. It looks really. It just really,
1: it's just really, 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 really good, and um, I think like for the for them releasing eight episodes for this next season, I think if it's going to be very focused on a lot of fighting and battles, I think that might be worth it. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, I re really enjoyed the first season. Like, I think I do really enjoy the whole the kind of like the the right, you know, the kind of like the origins of kind of like this civil war, where it's going to go yeah. and stuff like that, and. Um, you know, even, even though there wasn't much fighting, you know, Game of Thrones has always been really done really well with this kind of, like, conflict, like, outside the battlefield as well. Um, yeah. So that, that got me really, really gripped and, and uh, you know, really engaged. Yeah. And for this, obviously, we're going to be seeing so much fire blood, like, oh, like, God, so yeah. many cows is going to die. And I think this is going to go on for another couple of seasons as well, this uh, Civil War, and yeah. dragon Dragons. So, uh yeah so I, i'm looking forward to it uh, i don't know when they, they say it's coming out in summer they haven't released like a date yet um but um i'm looking forward to it it's really really hyped for this trailer um next trailer i want to talk about actually um another show coming out is we have got um well we've got the boys uh season four another show returning in 2024 yeah. uh uh, we had Gen V uh, came out a couple of months ago. We both enjoyed that. And now we've got our uh, look for The Boys Season 4. We haven't got a, a, a release date yet for the show, but it looks like to be a lot darker this time. <laughs> I don't know why. The yeah. light and colour just kind of feels like this might actually be the point. Well, basically... We have seen like the last two seasons, like the, you know, the heroes have not the heroes, but like, the protagonists have won. Like the defeat is yeah. like Stormfront, and they, you know, um, they, you know, they kept they stop Soldier Boy and stuff. But I think in this series is going to be the point where maybe Homelander wins, like something, like he win, like mm. so. We 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 get some really really cool shots. I think Victoria Newman basically wins um her campaign. We see a shot of yep. that. Uh, we get a shot of uh Kyle Urban Billy Butcher meeting with Jeff Dean Morgan. We do get a shot of uh Black Noir. Now, there's a theory that Sam in Gen V becomes Black Noir. Um, oh, cool. so that's gonna be interesting whether that's gonna play into that or not. Um, there we have we have a shot of um Homelander with his son like in a crowd full of people. We do. It looks like it's going to be very much a very f- a big fight between like superhero rights and basically like superhero control, uh, and um, it's going to be very very like grayish, very very complex. We um, looks like we've got some new superheroes joining seven as yeah. well. Uh, I did put out like another uh, an, uh, like a female character, a female superhero who's looks to be like taking over Starlight's place or Maeve's. Um, we oh, this the the end of the shot with um, Homelander is covered in blood in like the elevator. Oh that oh god! It, it, when you see a Homelander with blood covered on him, it's just like oh oh, you just know like shit's about to go down. Like <laughs> or shit's just yeah. happened. But also, do do we get shot of like Homelander's son like killing a man?
0: Oh, I missed that.
1: I don't know. there's I mean, really? a, a guy throws another guy against the wall, and the guy basically hits the wall and like like it splatters. And the the guy that throws him looks like the kid, like the son. Yeah. So I'm like, oh crap! Like they're actually going to like go for this. Yeah. Um, oh shit. What do you think? What was your opinions
0: of this uh, teaser trailer? I mean, it does obviously like it shows obviously like the the really like, outrageous, like you know, gory and like. um Overtly, like sexual imagery that the boys is like famous yeah, for or yeah, infamous, infamous for. Yeah. Um, like obviously, yeah, like they're introducing new soups and like these new superpowers and um, bringing back obviously some like um, some gags. So you see like the deep, and he's like, um, he's, <laughs> you see like him looking into like an octopus tank as well. It's it's weird, isn't it? But it's so like funny. And um, when like you see, like, yeah, like as you said, um, Butcher meeting with uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character, he's like, oh, you know, what was your team's name again? Like. Or oh, the boys like, oh, that's, that's the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard. Like, like oh come on, like, this is Negan. You know, like this is like Thomas Wayne. It's about time they introduced um uh Jeffrey D. Morgan. Because like he would have been a really good butcher in another universe.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you know, like in the the animated um anthology, uh Jason Isaac's uh voiced Butcher.
1: Yes, he, he could have been a really good one, yeah. You know?
0: But um I, you know it looks really good, like um Firecracker and someone else, these new soups. And they're like um, right wing YouTubers. Oh, God. And they've been brought into it. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is like what, like, the boys does really well. And it's like, it does like IRL social commentary really, really I, well. I like, it's I like they're going to
1: die does. at the end of a show season anyway. So I'm just like, oh, shit yeah. yeah. oh they can be so annoying. Like, oh, God. Like... But that's,
0: that, that's the point, isn't it? That they are going to be like these really obnoxious, like, you know, oh, my God, liberals, you know, like, it's going to be really funny. Oh, geez. Um, this be... But uh, we, we don't really see much of um Huey, though, do we? No, uh, I think because Huey is boring. I'm not gonna lie. I think
1: I do like Huey. I do feel like some like sometimes like he uh, he has got his typical kind of like you know pride in him that he needs to kind of like give up a little bit, but. Yeah. Um. I mean, I do like him at times, but obviously, you know, you're watching the Boy, You don't really care about the non-superhero characters. You're there to watch, yeah. like you know, the superhero characters. And uh, Homelander just looks like he's on the rise. Um, yes.
0: I I feel like you see the sort of um the protesters of, like fighting yeah, each other.
1: Yeah, well. yeah. I feel like this is going to be this is going to be the most darkest series yet, and probably the most yeah. violent and. Excellent. I feel like it's going to be when Homelander kind of reaches his point of like, you know, we've never yeah. seen a Homelander, Homelander at this point yet. I don't think he, he's reached his limit. Um, I don't, and I think we're going to see it in a show. I think he's he's slowly breaking the rules, isn't he? And he's, yeah. and he's, so I think something's going to happen in this series where it's going to be kind of like, there's no going back. And like, we're going to mm. see like Homelander as the, as the unstoppable homeland villain super villain where he becomes where the home the super the homelander he still regards a superhero to a lot of people but now he's going to turn into the super villain uh, that'd be very, very 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 good uh, to see Um, I, was, I haven't read the comics so I don't know where like that be going uh, but I mean I can't wait for this uh, I hope he comes out in summer as well because I think season 3 came out in the summer um, some lovely summer uh binging um any final thoughts on the boys season four
0: um i mean <laughs> it just looks crazy it does is, it does it's what is this wheelhouse isn't it it's what it does really yeah, well and, yeah um i can't wait it, it, it's oh, so many good like shows like oh no i can't wait it's gonna yeah
1: be great. um talk about another show actually uh talk about actually um well we've gone from superheroes to video game adaptations uh we got our first teaser trailer for the new Amazon's Fallout show uh, created yes. by Jonathan Nolan and Lisa joy um it's coming out I think April the 12th of next year um now this looks like this looks really good it really feels like it incorporates the fallout. The, you know, the, the concept of the, you know, the universe, and I know that Todd Howard's been really involved as well. Uh, you know, in um, in you know, Fallout, the way you know, it's like if you're making a video game teacher just get the actual yeah. creator or the one of the creatives of the game in as well. Like, oh,
0: yeah, well, yeah, that's what they did, yeah, last they yeah. And I mean, this does look at, yeah.
1: looks really, really interesting. We see like, uh Vault Dwellers, we see like um Brotherhood of Steel. Um
0: What what are those people who like they I'm gonna go with oh, influence. They so they're,
1: ghouls. they they Yeah. Can you see yeah. what and Goggins So so, so ghouls ghoul. pretty much are like what those who have been uh have lived in the wasteland and have become like like over time they become radioactive, like they're mutated. Um oh, we God. do and the music as well, the choice is music as well, like like um for that like, really like because it's kind of like a alternative 50s kind of setting there's a lot of like 50s 60s yeah. music and i think you know like yeah i having the 50s track on that it feels like definitely like fallouty and then there's a shot yeah. of like i think it's la just being like nuked and you're
0: it, oh, it's such great. a yeah. it's a
1: horrifying shot like oh my god um yeah
0: that looks even better than the one from T two. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, um, the the sort of like nightmare yeah, that um, Sarah yeah. Connor has. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, yeah it, it looks does. so good. Um, the the who are like blue jumpsuits from like the Vault uh, Tech. That is like I haven't played much Fallout, but that is like very like iconic of the series, isn't it? and and they know that like they need to do exactly what for uh, the Last of Us did in that they need to, you know. Yeah, it's going to be like Nolan and Joy's interpretation of the game, you know, for, for their series, but they know that they have to do it in line with the established, um, yeah, law, yeah. I guess, or like, you know, the precedent and, and the obviously, um, mechanics of that universe. They have to, do not they? They have to, um, show respect and it does look really good. Do you know who, like, the giant, um, blimp or like Asia? Yeah. That looks like phenomenal. It, it it looks terrifying. This vision of like this retro futuristic world is terrifying, but it looks so cool. And my only gripe is that they should have played it to um, The Wanderer by Dion. That would have been great. Oh, that was...
1: That's the full like, trailer. That's full song. Uh, no, nah, you have to change it for yeah. that. <laughs> um, uh, it looks like this is not going to follow the storyline one in any of the games so it looks like it's going to be his own setting yeah. um, and uh, I mean we've got um, Ella Purnell who you know, has been like I've seen her in Yellow Jackets uh, she's playing Lucy, where looks like it's going to be you know the character that leaves the vault and you know uh, explores the wasteland and uh, Kyle MacLachlan is playing Hank who is the, uh, the overseer of the vault um, yeah. and we get a couple of characters as well. It looks like it's going to be like following a bunch of different characters. Like, well, that, that's Kyle yeah. McLachlan. What the hell? I thought there was, um, I thought it was Justin Purnell. Justin Purnell.
0: You know, the, um, the guy who voices, uh, Jerry from Rick and Morty. Is it, is it the guy with one? eye? No,
1: no. there's a quick, it's a, qu- a qu- oh, quick oh, shot right. of, uh, Kyle McLachlan. Uh, like he's looking for like a window. Um, oh, right. so. Okay. He's gonna. He's the the OCR of the vault. Um, it looks like it's gonna be like different kind of storylines happening, um, because I know like yeah. in the game it's like one, pretty much one, basic storyline.
0: Um, yeah. And because uh, I mean, like Bethesda usually yeah, does that. We yeah. have one one main storyline with some. Yeah, I
1: hope it's a very. Main. It's not. I hope it's yeah. not a very complex storyline because I know. Was it for three was about the main character going out to find. Their 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 father in um, in the yeah. wasteland in Fallout Three, um, and then in Fallout Four, it's about um, it's about the 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 main character going out to find his son who's been taken by bandits. So it's a very com- yeah. complex plot, and I think you are gonna we are gonna see a lot of, kind of like military factions in it as well. And there's going to be some conflict with, like, yeah. a bowhead of steel. It's a lot of... see, there's a leisure. lot of law that's going to go into it. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, but- My only, um, like, reservation is that this is Jonathan Nolan um, and Lisa Joy. And their, like, involvement with, like, Westworld. Obviously, they did get a bit, I don't know, overcomplicated I, for what it should have been. So I'm hoping they can I mean, all I thought that thought doesn't
1: need to be sorry, for that doesn't need to be overcomplicated. Like it's got it's quite it's a simple premise. Like you can you can touch on a little bit of themes now and again of like humanity and like the apocalypse. Yeah. But I mean I think I think I, I mean I think John Nolan, like regardless of, of like how I felt about Westworld I think he's an exceptional storyteller anyways. And Lisa Joyce as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring into it. So I've got high hopes. Um Definitely. And Amazon have been doing really well with a lot of their shows. I just hope it's... I mean, yeah. I say that. Real time. But then the real time really kick started kicking off in the second series really well. So... Um, yeah. You know, this has been the case sometimes where new shows come out and the first season's not really great, but then the second season really like
0: yeah it blows you away
1: it. as well. Like, um but yeah. I, um, I'm looking, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Um, another video game adaptation, uh, teaser talking about is we have got uh, the trailer for the second season of Halo, the Paramount Halo. Uh, the first season came out last year. And then we get a new one coming out. I think around about February, so that's going to be good. Uh, it looks like we're going to get the Fall of Reach, which is for um, those of you who played uh, Halo Reach or read the book, the Fall of Reach is basically about when um, one of the one one of the big big uh, human colony worlds gets basically invaded by the Covenant, and uh, all all of humanity have to uh, basically escape. And this is a really, really big event in the Halo lore that kind of like leads to like the, the discovery of the Halo Ring. Um so basically looks like it's gonna be covering it. Uh obviously, uh we've got Pat uh Palo back as Master Chief. Uh we do have a couple of our characters appear as Master Chief as well. Uh, it's quite quite a quick trailer. Um I mean i I wasn't a big fan of the way they went with the first series. Um, I They really tried to change the Halo lore in a bunch of different ways uh, that I wasn't a big fan of. But I really hope that they kind of like push that side and now they kind of focus on what Halo is about. Like, I, you know, because they really try and tie a lot of things in base, basically bit how... Master Chief has like visions of the Halo before he encountered it, and it's they they're trying to add add quite a lot in and change a lot of stuff around. I hope like for this for hopefully we just get like kind of like main plot being like, look, it's just going to be us trying to survive the Covenant invading Reach. Yeah. Um, What What are your opinions of this trailer?
0: Um. Yeah, like I'm gonna leave like my feelings of like the first season aside uh it does look really good there's some really co- cool shots you know like the one of um uh the UNSC fleet like rising above yeah. the clouds that's really cool and um you see like um chief going up against uh an elite with his um oh damn what's he got like an energy sword that was yeah really cool. That's it, yeah um some really cool shots as well of the other spartans who feature um some nice like oh, like i don't know what worries like cool shots of them sort of like lining up ready and i like get like a drop ship like a pelican maybe um but i i'm really into halo like i was really into the lore and stuff you know i i, I love reach reach was um is probably my favorite like halo game ever released um i just hope that um uh, they they, they do it right you know they they stick to essentially the story that's already been established because it's there. you know they just have to adapt it um and the, maybe some stray away from some of the things which they were trying to accomplish in the first season. Um, I mean, again, you know, we get to see like Halsey and um, Cortana as well, uh, Captain Keys, and uh, I, I do like uh, Captain Keys; a really good character. But um, you know, let get a bit more of a development between the relationship of uh, of uh, Chief and uh, Cortana. Also, and, uh, yeah.
1: Also, more Spartans because yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I, I don't care if you have to CGI Spartans in like different areas, like in the background stuff, like because it felt like, oh, we got like, you know, this the Spartan operation and stuff like that. But you only get like five Spartans, like yeah. in the last series. And it's like, obviously, there's more. But for a big event like the Battle, of Re- Battle of, um for Reach, you've got to have a lot of Spartans. Like, yeah. and come on, also bring in like stuff like mention Noble Team or something. Like, come like yeah, you have like, to. Noble Six, like you don't have to include them, but just like mention them, like, mm. like because that that'll be good, and that's what like Halo fans like. Like the the moments in the first season that I really enjoyed is when it, when it came to like really the combat. Like I feel I still feel like uh the combat's really really good. I think the the uh, when the Covenant attacked them on that base on that planet, yeah, in like midway with uh the second series, it as uh, first series, it's like. It's uh it was really, really good. And that's what I like as a Halo fan. So, you know, don't be afraid to like, you know, you have got all of the lore to choose from and be like, look, we can mention this character, we can incorporate this and stuff like we got Captain Keys anyway, and he no, we're we're probably gonna get the pillar of autumn, hopefully, in this in this season as well. Um and uh yeah, I'll just you know, give us a bit more really and don't make the don't make stories complex nobody like complex stories anymore mm. like if i want to watch a complex story i'll go watch you know westworld you know uh
0: um, they, they, they can get like complexity after the story has been established yeah. isn't it and they can yeah. like, build up to that complexity yeah but um
1: but more spartans because yeah. come on this is H- I, I,
0: like, halo is not complicated the only thing complicated is like the military like lingo because at the end of the yeah. day it's military fiction yeah and they shouldn't shy away from that. They should not celebrate the militarism, but obviously pull no. up all of the sort of like drawbacks that, you know, th- this is, you know, hum- humanity has been militarized to fight yeah. something which yeah. is evil. You know, yeah. this, this huge, like, um, do you call it like the covenant is just an, a galactic empire, which is just a, like a, a religious extremist like empire. That's all it is. You know, and that's all halo ever was. And then obviously there's the stuff with like the flood and, you know whether or not they're going to bring that into it, because uh, lest we forget, they, that's what the first couple of Halo games are about.
1: They will appear, I reckon, in yeah. quite, in the first yeah. series. Is because they only appear in like, the first Halo ring, don't they? They yeah. don't appear in the in the, mm. the fall of Reach.
0: Yeah, because I remember um, they thought in the first trailer for season one that uh, the Flood was in it, but it turned out to be the um, the worms that make up a hunter. Um, um, uh, uh, I'm going yes. or something. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going yeah. to grunt. Um whatever the hunter's called. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably watch it. I mean, I, I was very disappointed with the first season, but the Schreiber, uh, sorry, uh, Pablo Schreiber was very good in his role. Um, let's hope the writings like, uh, on par this time. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right.
1: Final trailer we have got, we have got our first look, our first trailer for, well, teaser trailer for the new installment in the Mad Max saga, Furiosa which is a yes. spin-off prequel to the Mad Max films uh, particularly yeah. Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. It starred Eight Joy as a young Furiosa and had like adventures in the wasteland before uh you know encountering um Max. Right. Do we see Immortan Joe?
0: Yes, we do. Um it's uh, a younger version of Immortan y- Joe. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Tom Burke is playing him. Right. And Tom okay. Burke played um damn it i was gonna say howard hughes um who's that? citizen king um god damn it oh
1: uh, he, uh, he played, orson wells orson wells yeah. yeah he played yeah. orson wells in yeah. Manc, that yeah, that film. It. yeah 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 um
0: yeah so we have him and it looks like he's going up against a rival uh warlord called dementus played by chris hemsworth who i did not recognize until no the credit came up on the screen no i was like holy shit um yeah we get um some war boys as well those, those feature in it um there's going to be other people as well um it, it, it's so like so australian i love it um i mean like charlie Soron was like amazing as a furiosa like we'll obviously see how uh, anya taylor joy does because she doesn't really do like action does she
1: no no
0: you know um but i mean you know high hope she's a very talented actress but um I I am I'm more excited to see Chris Hemsworth to be honest. He was like, "Jav, what it takes to make it epic?" He's like, now, "What the fuck?" He's so crazy. I,
1: I I've never I want Chris Hemsworth to be in a lot more villain roles because I think yeah, he's a kind of really yeah. good villain. Yeah, and I, um, I think he's a villain in like on this ne- this really bad necklace film from a couple of years ago. Come on, what it's called? But um, oh,
0: was it Bad Times at the El Royale? No, it's like oh, Escape from right.
1: Spiderhead or something. I don't know. Um, and, oh yeah. Uh, so I'm looking, f- so I'm looking forward to him playing the villain in this. Yes, uh, I mean we get, in, we are getting the whole just you know the the carnage and the violence and the action. That it's really, yeah. really like you know well known with George yeah. Miller, and um, George Miller he has not made, and I'm touching wood here, he has <laughs> not made a bad Man Max film yet. Yeah, yeah, he has not like. So is beyond- it directed by Miller? Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh hell yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, there was a huge um complication in terms of uh wages from the Ban Max food road which kind of led to some disputes between Warner brothers and um and uh George Miller that's why this uh, film took took a long time to come out yeah so um i so, yeah he's not like you know pe- i was people say beyond Funding Dome is like the weakest of Man Max films and it is but it's not a bad film it's still really really good but I feel like, I really hope this film does really, really well. And I mean, Man Max Fury Road does did really, really well because of, you know, even for new people, it's like, you know, it, it, it's such a really good Rotten Tomatoes score and stuff. It's been regarded as one of the best action films of the 21st century. Um, mm. It's, it, you know, it's, it's like incredible. And I mean, I wish they did not include Fury Road and Man Max Saga, but I understand that people won't know what Fury Road is. But if you had Mad Max next to it, I think people would be like, "Oh, it's a Mad Max film." Okay, I'm going to see that. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Mad Max: 3 Road is just, I mean, even just like, I listened to the score, the Junkie XL score, like so <laughs> much times. Like, yeah. oh my god! Like, and he's come back to compose the score for this one as well. Uh, it, it's like George Miller came back to do Mad Max and say. I to basically was like, this film is just going to be about a chase scene through a desert, with, and I'm going to show everybody how to, you know, how I am one of the greatest actor action directors of all time, and he proved it. Mm. Like even now, some films like now that like heyday of like the peak point of action still aren't like Man McAfee Road, um, and it. I, I can't wait for this. It, it really feels like uh, it's going to be a good odyssey of Feroza. And basically like it's her becoming the person that we find, yeah. meet, meet her in, in free road. So, um, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't wait for this. It looks so, so good.
0: Yeah. Um, I've only recently like, become a fan of George Miller. Cause like, um, obviously, you know, I, I saw, um, uh, Mad Max Fury Road but then so you know all, all the sort of like um happy feet films were really good and then like he made um 3000 years of longing with um Idris Elba which was yeah. like really good as well yeah um, so yeah like i'm i'm excited it's, it it looks great like the, the whole look of it and feel like you you get that this is the, the ins- insanity is there you get it um, he's he's one of the yeah.
1: directors that basically can like take a couple of years out and then come back and make a really good film. And people be yeah. like, yeah, he he's still a man of his craft.
0: Yeah, um, he makes films that he wants to make, you know, and because of that, there's yeah, as you said, like his craft is evident and, and his his um, passion for the filmmaking is there. So yeah, it's um it's fantastic. Yeah, definitely
1: fantastic. All right, that's all our teaser trailers. Um, it, I mean I I I'm so looking forward to 2024 will this coming out as well and you know there are going to be some delays with films because of the strike the, yeah. the strikes that just happened but I mean I think we've got a lot of TV to talk about as well coming out um next year so that's a new segment let's talk about uh, let's now move on to talk about uh, Die Hard 2 Die Harder so uh Die Hard 2 is a 1990 film the sequel to um, you know the action blockbuster Die Hard, uh, directed by this one's directed by Renny Harlin, who uh, did uh, I mean uh, you know film uh, films like Mine Hunters, Cliffhanger, and the really bad The Legend of Hercules. I think he's <sighs> like people say he's one that in Sweden he's like people love him. He's a really really popular and really successful Swedish director. Uh, this was written by Doug Richardson, who uh, wrote a screenplay for um, the Bad Boys, and uh, Stephen E does uh, uh, Sonya, who uh, wrote obviously a screenplay for uh, Die Hard and Judge Dr- and Judge Dredd. It's based on the the book Fifty Eight Minutes by Walter Wag- uh, Wag- Wagger. The uh, cinematography is by Olivia Wood, who's done uh, Face Off, Step Brothers, and Miami Vice. Yeah, Face Off's Michael- great. Yeah, Face Off's really, really great. And the music's by Michael Cayman. I mean, Mark Cayman, We covered him in Highlander a couple of, couple of months ago. He's done so, so much. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, etc., etc. Um, stars Bruce Willis, uh, Bonnie Badenia, William Atherton, uh, Reginald Vell Johnson, Franco Nero, William Sadler, John Amos, and Dennis France. So um, we covered Die Hard. Well, it feels like it's it's been a lifetime ago back, (laughs) yeah. We covered it back in like 2020, so it was like nearly four years ago. Um, and Mm. I we enjoyed both talk, talk about the film. We basically talked about how like it really like add a new level to like the action um film genre as well. Having like you know, not this very athletically like. Bulky guy, this is kind of nobody, kind of, you know, just fighting against a bunch of terrorists. And it was very revolutionary for his time because before that, we had like Schwarzenegger and Stallone, these kind of like bulky guys who did a lot of stuff in the gym. And they were kind of like very superheroic in their ways as well. Yeah. And they're going up against like, you know, these, these villains. And it felt like very much like, oh my God, like, you know, these people are like uh, not human. But obviously, Die Hard posed a question of like, okay, we're going to get like a normal everyday guy, a cop. And he's going to basically do what Stallone and Schwarzenegger have done in previous films, but how we're going to see how he does it, and just the way that like you know, um, uh, John McClane pretty much has to learn that he knows his limitations and how he tries to over- overcome them and stuff like that. Obviously, we had a really great performance by Alan Rickman. Uh, you know, the idea of Nocturne Plaza has been like a crucial kind of like you know point of reference for christmas as well um and obviously die hard did create the whole debate of whether die hard is a christmas film or not so which still reigns to this day um so obviously the film went was really successful um they made a sequel die hard 2 1990 but obviously this is moved now from Nocturne plaza in la to now Dulles airport in washington it's christmas eve um john's wife holly is coming back from la um and he's in the airport waiting to pick her up when he discovers a conspiracy going on in the airport which leads him to uncovering a uh terrorist uh, attack on the airport um what were your thoughts uh how did you come by watching Die Hard 2 like for the first um, time
0: well, I, I only watched it like this once to to review it for the podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I've never seen well,
1: it before. Uh, this is my third time watching it. Yeah. I think I what when I watched the first Die Hard, I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch the rest of them. So I watched Die Hard two, uh, then I watched three, and then I watched four. I didn't yeah. watch five,
0: um, yeah.
1: but I did. I did end up watching five later down the road because I, I kind of forced myself to watch it because I didn't yeah. really want to watch it. Um, what are your thoughts on this film, though?
0: Um, I I think like it's probably one of like the least sort of like it's it's one of the most underrated like sequels like continuation of like a a story, like ever I think for like for like um a series of films or like action heroes especially like you know like these action heroes in like the eighties and, and and all that like who who gets like a, a sequel like a continuation right like you get like I guess like Predator but then like Arnie never came back um you get I don't know like other sort of like really famous like action heroes. Um, with let, let's say the exception of like Conan, but it was a fantasy sort of series. Like John McLean is I think it's brilliant in that he is, as you said, he's not this um bulky, sort of like bodybuilder-esque sort of like um action hero. He is more of like an everyman character who <laughs> he's very put upon. You know, he's he's doing the right thing. He's a hero, but he will complain about it because he's put upon and it's Christmas, he'd rather be anywhere but here. But he's gonna he's gonna do like his his mission. And he's, he's very relatable. And he's very funny. You know, like in the spe- in the first one, especially with like who, like you know, now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! It's funny, isn't it? Like, and he, and he, on the who you? be you motherfucker. It's it's really really funny, and um, and like the sense of time that's passed, it is is telling, in that you know it's like was it like two years after um number one, but he <laughs> he's put back into it, and I think Bruce Willis like. I don't know, He, he ha- he's very good in putting himself back into the mindset of John McClane in, like, these really, um, he's put-upon mindset. Mm. Even though it's, like, this really serious sort of, like, situation he he's put-upon. And it, I, I think it is like a, a, a dark sort of, like, comic sort of thing, but, um, it's, um, it feels more 90s now that I'm saying 1990s. Yeah. It does feel more modern. Like, from previous uh, like action films in the 80s, it very much
1: like, if you just went in... Like, and I'm not dissing like the Rambo films. Yeah. I think they were really, really good. Yeah. Um, But I think like a lot of times it was like Rambo's kind of answer to everything was just go in and start shooting up the place yeah, with kill. machine guns yeah. and basically just like, you know, do it. Whilst John McClane, like, he can't really do that because, you know, he's, he's human. He's like viable to get killed. So he's yeah. having to basically like, uh, make up on spot way to kind of like the, he has a lot of obstacles, yeah, along the way that right? he has to kind of like try and get over. And in Die Hard, he did quite quite a lot, you know, like and um, you know, like how to get the uh, you know, the police to basically respond to the events going, you know, detect in te- Nakatone Plaza, etc. And and in this one as well, he's got so much he has to kind of like you know, how is he gonna, how is he going to work around basically trying to sort this out, like you know when he gets his when he defeats his two these two um well when he defeats one of the men in the baggage area in the airport he has to be like okay this person right gonna get a DNA, DNA prints and then send it off to get like you know sorted like this is very nineties in terms of like <laughs> like for his day like this I don't think this I don't, I, even I I'll say for um Die Hard One You couldn't, but the scenario in Die Hard One could not be applied to today, because it could have been sorted like really, really easily. Like same with Die Hard Two and this one. Like the idea was like he has to send like a fax of fingerprints to like to to L.A. Police Department to get them checked and then get brought back and stuff like that. Today you'll have to have so so much paperwork to sign and be like okay, and then you have to like go through so so many people to be like get authorization to do that so you know like mm-hmm. and obviously the we're like you know we are in the 1990s airport we are in a pre 911 kind of like aviation world i mean we we covered uh we talked about the aviation industry pre 911 when we uh, talked about um db cooper and how like it was just like you know people were smoking on the plane yeah. like people people were like had had you can phone people whilst on the plane like it so so bizarre like you, yeah you,
0: back in the day it was it was seen as a sort of like very like a business sort of thing isn't it like where you could do what you want you could, yeah you could drink as much as you want and um
1: and then and then yeah, john smoke. mcclain john mcclain would like walking around the airport with like he go through security with like a gun but of actually because he's a cop he's fine like today people would be like no you can't still do that like i don't care if yeah. you're like a cop but like you can't you get I me mean? and it felt like it really felt like, obviously, if this film happened today, I think the terrorist plan would not have happened, because I think you'd have to go through so much to get there. But, it's very, like, 90s aviation as well, and um, it, and you know, I think the idea of, like, you know, terrorist attacks and airports have always been like a big thing, even before, like, you know, having 9-11 and stuff like that. So, they're always trying to, you know, Uh, having this kind of be really much like a hit to home as well being like well this is kind of like this can happen and there's always this kind of like you know anxiety going to an airport on the plane that you know there is going to be somebody that's you know there is going to be a terrorist on board or there's going to be a you know an attack or something like that you know you are in one of the most dangerous well one of the most dangerous environments like in terms of like in the country you're in like if you like at home and stuff like that as well. And for it happening at Christmas time as well, it's like, it's like an attack on Christmas. Um, one of the things why I do like about this film is, and I'm very kind of like, this is when I feel like die hard goes down a little bit. Um, is that it's very restrictive to one place, like Tony Plaza. It all happens in this one tower block of, of, of office. Yeah. Yeah. A skyscraper. And for this, it happens just in an airport. And I think that's when you can kind of like, things are kind of more condensed to like, you could feel like, you know, or oh, you are like up against a clock and like, you know, it's kind of like tight corners and stuff like that. You're in one place, one folk, you can focus in one place. Um, what, one of the thing I don't like about Die Hard 3, I do feel like it's a good film, but it's like John McClane goes from one place to another, from, he goes throughout New York. And I kind of like, feel like, oh, it's like the action, like while still good, it doesn't, it, it doesn't kind of make me as tense because you're not in like one place. And the same thing with obviously Die Hard 4, Live live Free and Die Hard. It's like he goes all over Washington DC. Yeah. So I prefer like these two films because it kind of set, sets into, into like one location um, and you can kind of like just focus on that like one location. Um, and uh, yeah, and obviously as well, like it's... Just having kind of like the banterish kind of like comedic si- tones of his film is really, really good. I mean, John McClane is like a funny guy and a yeah. day. Like, and you got to help to basically root for him the whole time. Like, sometimes he has this guys' asshole personality, but <laughs> I feel like he's a very different person than who we see at the end, at the beginning of Die Hard. Yeah. Like, um, and the idea is like he is very. Like the scene where the plane, the passenger plane crashes, and he fails to save them. He has that. He brings on that guilt that he could have saved them. Like, and you kind of feel like this man, literally, like is very kind of empathetic, sympathetic. You can, like, he cares about people. He, he and the, the day because he's a cop. Like, is it, as a cop, your job is to basically care for the community and care for people and help people and stuff like that. And he's doing just that. So there's a really good moment where he's basically sitting on the stairs and he basically just. Kind of like feels like he has so much guilt where I felt like I could have stopped that plane hmm. uh, from crashing, but he didn't. And those are the moments where, like, you really feel like John McClain really shines. Um, and at the end of the day, like he's doing this really mainly so like he can be with his wife and save his wife's life. It's the same in the concept again. Um, and he has to deal with so many different obstacles and stuff and actually fighting like a villain. That's a lot more powerful than, um, Alan Rickman's character in Die Hard. I mean, he's going up some, he's going up against like the army, like a rogue military squad who are trying to, you know, take, um, trying to rescue a, uh, a corrupt South American, Central American dictator. um, and this is we usually around that time where we had the war on drugs as well. So this is very much looking at, like, um, uh, you know, like the war on drugs and how, like, America's relationship with, like, Central American governments and South American governments and communist governments, etc. Um And in, in the first film, kind of, like, we really talks a well about kind of, like, because uh, the terrorists are from, like, you know, I think, like, West Germany, I think, or East Germany. So it's yeah. a lot of, like, kind of, like, symbol, you know, talks about the Cold War and stuff as well. Um, so, you know, it's all... It, there is a lot of, kind of, historical kind of context around about these films as well, and how it kind of blends into kind of, like, how these villains become, like, threats to, like, you know, the... kind of, like, to, you know, to the people of... and to, the you know, the United States in general. Um... So, um, I mean, what what do you think of the um, the villains in this film? Because you know they're played by um, the, the leaders, led by uh, William Sattler, who plays Colonel William yeah. Stewart. Uh, what are your thoughts
0: about uh, these villains? <laughs> uh, I mean. It's it's not going to beat Hans Gruber, is it? You know, no, no, no. Alan Rickman, isn't it? Yeah, it's not going to beat Alan Rickman sort of performance. You know, as as much as um, ah, oh, what's his name? Yeah, William Sadler. You know, is really good. he. Uh, I I still think that like their motivations are just quite paper thin. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't think they're the best ones, but then no, again, you know, they're no, just meant no. to be a foil, aren't they? They're just meant to be a foil for McLean. Um, and I. I, I'm, not, I'm not, I, I think the whole, you know, like, oh, you know, cor- corrupt sort of like officials and all this stuff, like corrupt military um, personnel, it, it is quite a, a thing of its time, as you said, you know, like the 80s and 90s about, yeah, like yeah, South American military junters and queues, like it was thinking like, oh, you know, what if they did something similar for like an American sort of um, setting? It's, um, it I mean... You, come on, like William Sandler is really good, you know, and he, do, he does the best with what he's got. But, um, yeah, he's he's um, he peels, I think, in comparison with the other um villains. It's a weird shot when we first introduced William Sandler, he's yeah. like butt naked doing like karate
1: in his like hotel room. And I feel yeah. like okay, this is this is a bit weird to see, like, he's yeah. just trying to show like he's very like, just, like, show like how muscly he is and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. And to, and then obviously they show him like doing karate, and then he doesn't use it until like till like at the end of the film for like two minutes. That's yeah. it
0: like because um. It's like know, what the point is showing us that? Yeah, like like, like the seventies and eighties were like oh you know, it's like karate crazy. It was it was a, a sense of like you know, yeah, you know, like hard men can like box, but like you have to have like discipline and you have to have like true technique and and fluid of movement. Sorry, fluidity of movement with karate and martial arts. So it's um. Maybe the direction was basically, you know, you know, yeah. Um, this is a more, um, he yes, he's a colonel, he's a military man, but he's a he's a thinking soldier, you know. Whereas like Hans Gruber was a a terrorist, like a a, a thinker. This man is more brawny as well as a thing a thinker. That's what I took. I'm not sure why he was butt naked, mind, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that, it's, that, it's, that eludes me.
1: It's bizarre. so You just like, yeah, why am not seeing this? Yeah, like, okay. maybe it's the
0: sense of like, um, uh. I don't know a perversion, maybe you know. Usually, like, when you're at martial arts, they're quite um, you know they wear like the uniform, don't they? The the um, when I did karate, it was called a doorbok, like a, a training uniform. If he's naked, maybe it's a sense of like he's a perverted sort of sense. He's the villain, is not he? So they have. It, to would, be have the it would have worked. It would have worked if he if he distracted uh,
1: John McClane with his with his ass. If he sucked his <laughs> ass up, that makes sense. Yeah. For, I feel yeah. for I seem to be in there. Um, <laughs> That's funny, yeah. You know, distract him. Be like, "I, oh, i yeah, got you." Um, <laughs> um, also, the, the twist about the idea of like, "Oh, look, the the team he worked w- he worked with um, for you know his time in the military." Oh my god, they're betray- They also working with him. It's like it's coming a wild way. It's like, okay, why would you bring in the same like military team that he worked with to try in? him? <laughs> like, you know, like th- there is a thing about his gear like loyalty as well like these men obviously are loyal to to him and they'll, yeah. they'll betray their country so they can good you know basically for like you know for greed and for power and stuff like that yeah it's, it's it, like and when the twists happen, you kind of feel like like okay oh i saw that coming <laughs> yeah like
0: well, well they they are the diehards aren't they like yeah they, they follow this man because that that's the term like a diehard is someone who will follow um a leader or like um an idealist or zealot to an extreme, like almost religious zeal. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it shows. Obviously, you know, they are—they're not just goons. They're not not faceless goons. They are people, but they have motivation. They have reasons for the things yeah. they're doing. Yeah. As, as much as I think, you know, it wasn't that well fleshed out. I still think that they did a good job in establishing that. You know, these diehards are—they're they're humans. You know, they're not stormtroopers. They, they're the villains, mind, but you know they're not, not good people, but they are humans at the end of the day. Um, um yeah.
1: There are that there are actually some um there's a lot of uh, obviously um William Stewart's henchmen appear. Yes. And there are some familiar faces we see. So um we see Robert Patrick, he plays uh yeah. a called O'Reilly. Uh John Le Grisamo plays Burke. Now apparently he was supposed <laughs> yeah. to, he was in supposed to be more scenes, but oh. they had to cut them. Because he was ca- he he was too small, he was too short. No yeah, that's the reason. So he's in one. He, he's like quick. He appears, but he doesn't actually ever seem like focused on him. He's literally like on on like you know the the, t- the computers and stuff. And that's really it. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: we do have um, uh, Mark uh, Boone. Mark Boone Jr. Uh, oh yeah, you know, you Sant- know Sant- him, Sanandki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we also get Patrick O'Neill, who is a uh the American sportscaster. Yeah. So it's quite it's uh it's quite like kind of like, oh, it's you know, like, oh, it's like blink you miss it, like oh, these little cameos as well. I love talking,
0: stuff like that. Talking yeah, about cameos so cool. as
1: well, we have yeah. uh it's like a blink you miss it as well. There's a moment where um Lee Schreiber makes an appearance. So he plays this guy Does he? With, uh Yeah, he plays remember, I told you about this, remember?
0: Oh yeah, 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 Where where was he? I totally missed that.
1: Oh, right. Um so this, there's a point where he's talk I think he's talking to like uh the chief of police for the airport and like Lee Schreiber's like at the um like at the corner and he's wearing like long hair. Like you wouldn't know it's it's Lee no Schreiber. Way. But basically he played an extra. This is before he became like a an actor. Yeah. So this is he was playing an extra this so it's like uh, you know, a little bit nice piece of trivia there.
0: Yeah, uh, nice I think I sent.
1: I think I sent you the photo. Um, yes, yeah. yes. So it's pretty much it's there. So it's quite it's quite it's quite fun to actually look at. Um, and um, so yeah, we've uh, and obviously we do get um, as well some characters returning. So William Affleton obviously Dick Thornburg. This guy just loves playing like assholes. <laughs> like he was an asshole in the Goosebusters uh, film and. Yeah. He's an asshole in the Die Hard film. Now he's back again. He's just kind of like this really sleazy journalist who basically was yeah. like, he's someone who literally like, he would, he's like, he's literally like, uh, kind of like the guy from like Caller in terms of like,
0: he's oh, someone God, that yeah. like,
1: if it's like um, friend crashes car, he will come over yeah. and film
0: it. Like,
1: yeah oh my <laughs> god like, yeah he's he's the type of basically L- L- like i don't you know lou, he...
0: lou bloom yeah yeah <laughs> creep yeah
1: yeah because in the light crawler like his friend like gets shot doesn't he like his, mm. his assistant gets shot and then he, he like records it rather than help him like oh, it's like so, that that part is really de- de- that's really de- de- terrifying to watch um <laughs> anyways that's going really off topic but basically uh thornburg's obviously this this uh news anchor at Sasha Poor who's like, oh you know, it's about you know the story is the most important thing and stuff and you know, he doesn't care like what rules he breaks or he doesn't care like who he hurts and stuff as long as you know he gets a story. And because of his stupid like you know decisions, basically he creates chaos in the airport, and basically reeling to, reeling to America, oh there's been a terrorist attack, you know, happening in the airports, you know, planes have been hijacked and stuff and he's such an idiot. Yeah. And then obviously get obviously in the end of uh, Dahad One, uh Holly punches him because he basically went to like try and talk to her children when she was getting when she was a hostage, which is like a really arse thing to do, arsehole thing to do. So he's got like this um oh what to call it. He's got like this thing where like uh strain order against her and <laughs> And he gets he can't sit on the same plane as her, and then like the, the stewardess is like they know he's an arsehole, so they like love it. Like, he's oh, it's, it's, a, it's a good like Holly. Like, I mean, I think she has more to do in the first film, but I really like her being in this. I mean, like, uh, uh, Bonnie Medelia, like, she knows you know, she knows how to play this, this, uh, this character as well. And she's not, and she actually does stuff as well. She stops uh, from you know, causing more chaos. Um, but a lot of times she's just literally just sitting down. She is like, she, you know, in this plane above the sky who run out of fuel and all that. Our uh, Al power returns. Um, and he's only in for a couple of uh, minutes, basically to uh, help um, John McClane. um with kind of find the DNA for one of the um, Stuarts, um, bad guys. It, so John McClane is has he moved back to to is he moved back to the East Coast or does he live in New in L A? I
0: don't think it's stated. Uh, no,
1: because when we see him, he does he is like in does airport on New Year's Eve and he's waiting for Holly to return, come from LA. i
0: um, A. So, I've looked on Wikipedia and it basically says that he's a lieutenant with the LAPD.
1: Oh, okay, so oh, okay, so he does live in um, yeah, today. and that's actually that's huh. one of the things I I find get a bit annoyed, annoyed a bit with Die Hard with Vengeance, the third one. Is that like he does this whole thing, Die Hard One, the whole thing of basically he's trying to like put his life on a line to save like Holly and yeah. all the people like on there. He does the same thing with in the second film, and then the third film, like they go feel like a divorce, and you're like, yeah, it feels a bit kind of like, what, what was the point, like you know. <laughs> like if if they had troubles in marriage anyway and then they're having troubles in marriage again later on it feels like i I understand like it's human like you know couples do have like troublesome moments in their marriage and stuff but it felt really much like it's one of the core points on the first film and the second one why he does what he does to save her and then at the end of it they're like going for a divorce in the third one yeah it feels just yeah i don't know but that thing really a bit annoys me a bit um (laughs) So we also get um, uh, new, the new chief, like Captain Lorenzo, ca- Captain Carmine Lorenzo, played by Dennis Franz, um, who is basically supposed to be the the, the head the head cop who doesn't mm. listen to anyone below him, and he thinks he's in the right and stuff, um, and at times he does get quite annoying because he's the one who'd be still like either whatever's yeah. happening. Like he still gets annoyed by like, it feels like John McClane's in the way and he still doesn't believe John McClane. And it, it, eventually after a while he does help him. Um, I do love the scene where, um, um <laughs> they're in the car and he introduces him to his brother Vinny and he's like he's the, he's the cop and basically ticketed John McClane for part yeah. of his car. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> um again, like this counter, it's just it's uh, he he's 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 funny, he's got some really, really yes. funny fun moments and uh you know, and the idea is he's supposed to be the point of like it's weirdly in the first film like the Uh, you know, the police power is on the side of McLean. So McLean's literally got like the police as an ally in Die Hard, but in this film it's like, they're kind of like an opponent as well. And I think it's kind of like, uh, as he says, it's kind of like, you're like, you know, a small fish in a big pond and Mm. It's like, it's like the idea is like, oh, you coming to my territory? Tell me what to do. No, I, you know this is my territory. Like, you know, you're you're an outsider. It's like all yeah. that kind of attitude, and this happens. You see it so many times in films where people with big egos come together, try and work together, and it's just mm-hmm. like nothing gets sorted until like, like till like the end of the film. Um, um but you also actually talk about another uh, character, uh, actor players. Forgot we do have. um Column Meany as a uh, Windsor pilot. He's one of the pilots of the British plane yeah. that crashes. Um, obviously, you know, I just love it how, like, the people die, the innocent people die in this film are like the British, yeah. like coming back, <laughs> but probably a few Americans. And it's just like the most British thing, like the most British, like, flight. And then it just crashes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, 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 like, a, it's a joke, isn't it? It's it just, is, like, it's it's funny. is. It is. It's, it is. Like, like uh, I'm surprised we, we there's no British man says I say we are about to crash. <laughs> it's like yeah. we have, <laughs> but um, it is it, quite uh, quite funny. Um, the plane, I mean, the plane crashes with this film are really really good. I don't know if they used. I'm gonna look this up actually.
0: Um, I think they used pictures.
1: So that, was that real planes or was that just like make fake models?
0: Um, fake models but like like big sort of like things you know
1: i know because i feel like three different planes three planes crash in this film like yeah it'd been impressive if they actually had like like decommissioned planes to blow up but i think it, actually for like budget i think that makes sense to have like uh fake ones um yeah definitely um so uh some look now Go quickly on this. Let's
0: have a look at the, the production. Um, obviously they're using a stock footage of planes at the mm. airport, but um let's have a look. The um
1: I'll say for a Christmas film, this is less Christmassy than yeah. I had the first one because I mean it happens like on Christmas Eve, but also it's like in the Christmas party. It's like a works do Christmas party. That, like, you know, that that happens, and, you know, that's why uh, Hans Gruber and his men storm um, storm Nuclein Plaza. This one is set in Christmas, and, you know, people come back home for Christmas, but I wouldn't say, like, apart from that, it's, like, you could, like, it's not, I would say it's less of a Christmas film than Die Hard, but it's still, I mean, you know, it depends, like, if it's it's set during Christmas, then it's kind of a Christmas film. And this is set during like Christmas Eve. This is like the yeah. the last diehard film to be set during Christmas.
0: Um, yeah, I mean it's the, it is like their gimmick, isn't it? But um, that's what we'll see what the first one was famous for, so why not do the second one as well?
1: Yeah, um, there are like uh, there are some moments in this film where there are there's like points where I just feel like. And I think you slowly start seeing this in diehard films where, like, there are moments where kind of, like, the realism just kind of, like, disappears, Football kind of gets ignored. Yeah. Like, there's a moment where literally, like, um, oh, what it? Uh, McClane is literally, like, sliding on the floor and he's being, like, shot at by, by, by from usually by one of the terrorists. And somehow all the bullets, even though they're firing, like, next to him, seem to miss him. Like, he doesn't get hit. And yeah. then there's a moment where he's in the cockpit of the, uh, you know, the the, the cargo plane um, and uh, they throw a bunch of grenades in there. And in real life, those grenades would have gone off like pretty earlier than what they mm. did. And then somehow he manages to escape and then the, before the grenades blow up. And one of the shots where he, like, he goes up in the air and he has his face, oh God, that's like, I mean, yeah. you know, that's, that's <laughs> a dated show. That's, like, very 90s. Yeah. There, it? it's, yeah. Um,
0: it's quite iconic, though, of this film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's very iconic. Um, And <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and there's moments as well where it's, like, um, oh, God, I, I, I can't remember what other moments, actually, there would be, but I know there's other moments in the film where it's, like, the realism does kind of disappear f- from, the, from the thing, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. it always reminds me of, like, the moment in Die Hard four we launches a police um, car into a helicopter. <laughs> <He's> just... Yeah, <laughs> it just goes out the window, doesn't it? Like yeah. Die Hard becomes this franchise that becomes less and less kind of like realistic and a bit more kind of like really just over the top.
0: Well, it has to obviously like uh, outdo itself each time, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, it felt very much. I remember watching Rambo three, and then that's the point where it gets like really over the top. Like when rambo yeah. literally leads like a one-man fight against
0: soviets in afghanistan well he's like the, the most- action hero and he's, <laughs> he has the power of american on his own <laughs> oh
1: yeah yeah um yeah it's it's it, i mean i've like no you guys action sequels they do get a bit goofy as the time goes on oh, like like yeah. before, where he has the robot which is like oh god, yeah, so pointless and like does not make a, pi- like it's not, yeah. it's, it's not even MacGuffin because it's so pointless why it happens. Like it's
0: like that sort of like eighties obsession with like technology and stuff. It? It's, it's so, and they wanted to show off that like, oh yeah, they were rich at this time. So, you know, they're going to have like a robot or something in the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it is like, uh,
1: and i then the, Reason one of the reasons why Predator happens because they wanted Rocky Five to be about Rocky fighting um, people in space. So <laughs> if, yeah, if, the Martians. If the if, if Predator didn't happen, we probably would have had Rocky Five set in exactly. that place. Yeah, I mean, I mean they
0: did have Rocky Five, didn't
1: they? They did. gun. Um, um, it, it, oh, that was bad. Yeah, that was a bad one.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and then they kind of made it a bit more kind of like back to basics with Rocky Valboa. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, we did have Jason X in space. Um, oh, God, It's yeah. just got it to the point where movie franchises where it's just like, right, okay, we need to put like, everyone in space now. Just why? Like, <laughs> it's literally just... Yeah. It's, it's literally why. Why is that? Um, yeah, so, obviously, like, you no, know, there's some bit like... The, some of the realism just got out the door with, like, um, the action scenes and stuff. Also, the part where... John McClane shoots a a blank clip machine gun at the at Captain Lorenzo. Now, in real life, I think he would have been shot as soon as he pulled that trigger. Yeah, like even though, like there was no, only though he like like there was, no, was blacks come out of it. Like if someone tries to point the gun, it's about to shoot someone, you are going to shoot them back. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I thought I' was a bit <laughs> stupid on this part idea but kind of like a risky move but um uh, so yeah um what 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 notes have you found about the production
0: on the production yeah um, that it, it was based off um this novel called fifty eight minutes yeah that you mentioned that didn't you and um, yeah it's not by the, the same author. No, as as the one that um Die Hard one was based off. Yeah, so Die Hard one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Frank Malone is based off this, yeah. this action hero. Well, this character. Uh, but, this, um, um,
1: and uh, yeah, that's based on the 50. is the book. This film is based on yeah. 58 minutes is by uh, Walter Wagger, but um, obviously the first film is based on Nothing Lasts Forever by yeah. Roderick Thorpe, which is a different character. Yeah. Um. I think after a while, I think the third film doesn't have. It's not based on the book. Let me just double check that. Um, Oh no, it does actually. It's based on this book called "Simon Says" by Jonathan Hensley. Yeah,
0: Um, I've never read any of these sort of like no no sort of like books. So yeah.
1: And then the fourth the fourth book is is based on "A Farewell to Arms" by John Carlin yeah uh, let's see what the fifth book is um what's the fifth book yeah is it? based on oh it's not based on anything that's why it's shit okay um yeah okay but the worst from Die Hard franchise is one well, that's not based on the book so you actually had to have the the bad writers actually have to write something that's yeah. probably
0: why the film's so bad like Do you know, um what roger ebert said about the film
1: what well, the second one
0: yeah, this film, yeah, the second yeah,
1: one. Yeah, well, what do you say about it's it?
0: basically that uh, yeah, terrific entertainment. There was um, <laughs> substantial credibility problems with the plot.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah. Also, there was this really bad TV dubbed version um, that oh, came God. out back in the yeah. time. And it had like... it. Someone dubbed these, these characters. But yeah. it, it, it was like this... I think it was like... It was one guy voicing different characters. Yeah. And it's really, really bad. I think there's like a mo- it's on YouTube. But there's a moment where like, um, obviously Bruce Willis is talking, but it's not Bruce Willis's voice. It's like the complete God. opposite of Bruce Willis's voice. It's really bad. It's and people say it's, it's one of the worst dubbed like films, yeah. like ever, because of how bad the dubbing is. And obviously they, they released yeah. it for t- it's a TV film, but because yeah. of that, they had to cut a lot of the swearing and stuff.
0: God. So they had these stupid like, words. You know, Yeah. The films' fault is it? But like. No, no, no. It's,
1: yeah. it's 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 just it's just so so funny. Um. I <laughs> so um, I mean, have you got any other thoughts about Die Hard Two? I mean, it's kind of a brief film to talk about. Yeah.
0: Um. It's I mean, um. You know. I think it has appreciated in value since you know the the success of films weren't that great i think the you know nostalgia and the sort of um uh goodwill has increased because of its association with the first film and the um the sort of pivot in plot that it tries to do as well yeah it's um it is good, and um you know even though let's say the villain isn't as memorable or as iconic, you know he's pretty good. William Sadler, William isn't it? he's very, very good as the villain. and uh, then again, you know Bruce Willis like still like, you know hidden out to the park with um his portrayal of McClane. you know even like cementing the idea that even though he wasn't the sort of stereotypical idea of, a, of an action hero, he is an action hero for the modern you know quote unquote uh, time. yeah, he is like the everyman cop you know
1: um I just realized that for me. that so the general from well i think it's the colonel from that um um island yeah um from the um the latin American country It's called he's um, actually from valverde yeah now do you know where valverde is 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 it's from no it's the set in, it's the country from command commando Oh my god. So they basically <laughs> implying die hard set in the same universe as commando. Um <laughs> uh, that's quite, That's quite that's quite funny. Yeah. Um yeah, so William Sadler trained for seven several months in karate and Tai Chi to prepare for the ending fight scenes film. Jesus. Honestly, why do you train for several months when you're doing like a two-minute scene? Like
0: <laughs> well, maybe he he <laughs> just, more.
1: I know, I know, I know. I'd be annoyed if you're like going for all that and then um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, all the all the airlines featured in the film I invented. No real airline could agree to be featured in a film depicting terrorist acts as an, air, an airport. It's understandable. It's bad publicity. Yeah, I think it's bad publicity as well. Um, uh, John McTiernan had planned to direct this film, but could not because of his commitment to directing The Hunt for Red October. Uh, Bruce Willis was paid seven point five million dollars for his work on the film. Jesus. Um, it's uh, I mean this I also Of all die hard sequels, this is probably the most successful, I think. it, it yeah. really feels like it's close to the original as it possibly can. Um and, and obviously a lot of it is to do with the idea that you know it's set in one place. It's very kind of like um John McClain, like it shows kind of like John McCain's like on vulnerability as well, but also showing mm. like how um What's showing, like, kind of like how developed John McClain is? Because, like, obviously, fighting Hans Gruber in the first film was like a new thing for him. But, like, for the second one, in watching the second one, you could tell that, like, the way he reacts to stuff and the way he kind of puts stuff together is really quickly. It's like he's like nose now, like, yeah. because of the experience in the event of the first Die Hard film. Um, obviously, the points of realism kind of go out the window as well. Um, there are, I mean, the plot is kind of basic, which I think it has to be. The action is enjoyable. It is very much like if you want to watch, yeah. it, if you want to watch like a very easy nineties or eighties action film, this is definitely it. Um, it's it's just basically action all, all around. It's just enjoyable. Um, it's very very like you know, very good action sequences as well. Mm. Um, And the performances, you know, they're good. Uh, The story, obviously, pretty bland. The villains are very forgettable. I mean, like, I don't come out, I don't, I forget who William Sadler's character is in this film. But exactly. If you, if you know, if you mentioned Die Hard One, I know it's Hans Gruber, but that shows how much of a performance Alan Rickman's done in this role. Um, and, And apart from that, all the other Die Hard villains really, since, have not been that like, great. I mean, Jeremy, I I think what Die Hard 3 try to do is they're trying to basically bring it all back to Die Hard 1 by exactly. having Jeremy Irons yeah. play the brother of yeah. Hans Gruber. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth one is, like, supposed to be very much looking at kind of, like, the tech kind of world, but having, like, a tech
0: oh, activist God, yeah. as
1: the main villain. And then, in the fifth one, somehow we're fighting Russian terrorists.
0: I, I um, think, like, let's say, like, stuff like, you know... Um uh in mission impossible has always tried to do something with like oh this like aging hero especially where he's never like in his prime but he's using his sort of like his versatility and his like ingenuity mm. to face these like modern threats these like new and like pervasive threats that facing like well, i don't know the city or the country or whatever yeah, yeah. you know just showing then either oh, through like the, through like this sort of like heroism and perseverance they manage to yeah outwit or overcome the the villain
1: yeah definitely um have you seen the fifth film, Die Hard with Avengers? No, no, the Live Free or Die. No, die, um, what was the film again? Is it when they're in Russia? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like, terrible. Yeah, I it's saw it years a, ago. A good day to Die Hard.
0: That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with um the the guy who played Kyle Reese in Two Minute Genesis is his son.
1: And it goes Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah. They fight
0: a, in Chernobyl. That's the yeah. That's the finale set piece. Definitely a Caccino's yeah. in the future. Yes. Definitely yeah. cool. <laughs> and, um, it ends right with them going, um they yeah, like they fight in like the you know like the cooling pool? Yeah. In Chernobyl, and they've managed to defeat the villains and that. And when they come out then they're waiting to get saved. And um uh the son uh says to you know like uh, John, he says, like, Oh, you know, you know, am I gonna survive? And he's like, Oh yeah, you might lose your hair. Because at this time Bruce Willis had gone bald. Like, ah, oh, funny, you know. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna look like John McClane because he's bald, you know. It's like, oh, it was terrible, honestly.
1: Yeah, I have never seen that cinema. It's really sad now. Obviously, what's happening with Bruce, Will- with, uh, yes. Bruce Willis? Yes, yeah. is that we're never gonna get like another Die Hard film. Yeah. Um, but on the other side as well, I feel like I think we're done with Die Hard now. I don't. Yeah. I, I think I think it's a franchise that's pretty much like. I think it's covered. Like unless they do, hmm. like if they want to do a prequel series for, like, for John McClane, then obviously you have to Naraka play play John McClane. Yeah. Um. I mean, you could do that, but I mean, I I don't think this gets like the Rocky route where you ha- you can make a new series of films yeah. based on, um, another character our in Rocky. Um, it's like Rambo as well. Like Rambo exactly. is
0: pretty much done. Um, but oh, God, the- Rambo, uh, Last Blood was terrible.
1: Yeah, and then they, they they were saying this like Teresa stone came out and said oh we might do we might do a good sequel and it's like well do you know when you have films saying last blood it's yeah. supposed to be the last like yeah get me like <laughs>
0: that's I, uh, I, that's sly not knowing when to stop that is
1: no yeah. I mean I I like Creed but I think yeah. after creed 2 they should have done finished it's like yeah. like but like Creed 3 you had like john for Majors in it but I don't know, like I just feel like Creed two really like completed like you know the, yeah. the act the act from the story from uh, Rocky four. Yeah, um, I think right. with Die Hard, I think I mean these films are always gonna be remembered. Anyways, I mean you know number five probably will people will choose to forget it, uh, but you know, films like you know, especially this one and Die Hard one are definitely definitely up there. Yeah. Um, and uh i mean you know these these were films that pretty much put bruce willis on the map because before die hard he was just like he was in a bunch of comedies and stuff and and he was somebody that no one wanted to be play john mcclane people were like yeah, like it's... how is this guy from this this playing this comedy actor playing you know this badass stuff and you know it's one of the most um you know one of the best castings in in the recent cinema, uh, Huey blew everyone away with Die Hard, and you know, everyone knows that like you know, <laughs> Bruce Willis's magnum opus is always going to be the first Die Hard. Oh
0: yeah,
1: um, and then the second one as well basically just brings him into like his prime, yeah. still in his prime. It just um, cements his legacy. Yeah, cements it? it. Yeah, and it's, and this uh and this uh more like put and it's more to get more towards a, a proper sequel to the first film than the other films are in my opinion. I mean, you know, I can move through that, but that's what I think. Um, all right, um, ratings time. Uh, what would you rate mm. Die Hard 2?
0: Uh, seven out of ten. It was like, enjoyable, isn't it? But, um, I mean, it doesn't, I don't think it's as good as the first Die Hard, really. And um, it's, it's obviously it's Bruce Willis's performance is the one that's like the main pillar that holds this film up, I think. Yeah. It's very good, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna give it a 7.5 out of 10. As yeah. um, I said, like uh, the villains are forgettable. Uh, the storyline is not as great as the first one, but it's you still find it enjoyable in this. In this, like the acting yeah. secrets are really, really good. We get a very like developed uh, John McClane. And I just and the moments are funny when he's like, you know, how can a, how, how can this happen to the same guy twice and stuff? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Like, and the quotes are just like really just off the roof. Like, it, it's mm. this is like definitely this is like the like an this is like definitely like an end point of like an eighties action film. Oh, of the yeah, 80s, and then kind of the beginning point of a nineties action film as well. Yeah, um, and I mean, you know. You can argue which decades got a better action films, the eighties or the nineties. Um, it depends on really what you know, what you're. Yeah. But each each decade of action films have something different as well. Yeah. Uh, but obviously the eighties is a bit more kind of, more Cold War based, whilst the nineties is yeah. a bit more kind of like you've got private mercenaries, you kind of got. Uh, corrupt uh billionaires and stuff like that. Mm. Like there's uh, that sort of like
0: gang gangland sort of like violence. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And that yeah. kind really yeah. came along as well with James Bond mm. in, in yeah. the in the nineties.
0: And I think um like in the nineties as well, like sort of like the techno thrillers were starting to really take off. Yeah. Like yeah. um oh, it was a really good one. I think it was with Keanu back in the day. A uh, really good like techno thriller. No no I like It was with um uh Will Smith and um Gene Hackman it was a really good like sort of um uh, techno thriller. Um dated now, but like, oh my god, like the the writing was very, very good.
1: There's also um in the nineties we start seeing a lot of films where the villains aren't like from outside of America.
0: Mm, they're yeah. like
1: in they're like American soldiers who are basically uh, basically fed up with the corruption of um, of the American government, yeah, and and who and I feel like with Colonel William Stewart, one of the reasons why you know, I think plainly, if, if you want to look, if I if you look into it too much, I might be looking too much, but basically, William Stewart, uh, obviously, he sided with like the you know renegade colonel because of obviously greed and profit, but maybe the part of it is a reason why like he's very dissatisfied, and you know. St- uh, not happy with the way the American government's going. Yeah. So that's why he, he basically um, changes swap sites. And then obviously the reason why uh, Ed House's character in The Rock takes over Alcatraz to use it as a hostage basis because he wants the demands of, you know, he wants the American government to meet his demands. So yeah, you're, the Nazis is getting this point where you, you're getting a lot more kind of like internal enemies than kind of external. Hmm. That's, because that's interesting, actually, it's yeah. a point where, like, the enemies after the Cold War don't belong to a map anymore.
0: That's, like that's really cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. Um, like the eighties is where very much it's like, oh, it's the Russians or it's the, the Chinese or it's yeah. you know the a South American, isn't it? Yeah. The South American like cartel gangs and stuff like that. But the nineties now is a bit more kind of like, well, these enemies are like terrorists. I don't belong to like yeah. a flag or, or on a map. Mm.
0: Um, and I think. Um... Uh, the more modern you get, the more, I guess, existential the threats become. It's yeah. It's not yeah. Um, like how many, you know, goons are left, like, to kill in the building. It's more um, countdowns to viruses or pathogens, stuff like yeah, that, you know. Yeah. Um, or, or let's say, like, you know, d- dirty bomb. Is, is, that's a that's a very popular um, trope in the 90s, wasn't it? The dirty yeah, bomb. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's It's, um. And, you know, a lot of it, I think, is, I think it's quite saturated and quite overdone now because of the the clones of the films that did it quite well, like the Dayard, you know, franchise to begin with. And then, obviously, there's loads of other sort of things that come out there that try to jump on the bandwagon of, like, that popular, as I said, you know, um, action hero going into the more techno thriller or techno sort of um, action hero adventure. It's... Um, I I still think though that um, John McClane, you know, as you said, you know, it's unfortunate that Bruce Willis, you know, with his, his um is 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 complaint, you know, with um, I still think he's going to remain this one of the best, you know, sort of like iconic sort of action heroes or action sort of um, stars of of like this like era of Hollywood, and um, I don't I don't think they will reboot. They might do something like Die Hard, like as a series, which is basically a similar premise. But they, I don't think they'll they'll resurrect the character of John McClane.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's like Rocky or Rambo. Like, why are you yeah. reboot those characters? Like, yeah,
0: because it's name recognition, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they probably will do down the road because you know Hollywood is too. You just like to reboot yeah. yourself all the time. It's then, easier, then,
0: isn't it? It's easier than just creating something new. <sighs> yeah
1: I know that's why a lot of people praise stuff as like this own thing. that's why yeah. like you know Oppenheimer and Barbie were like really beloved one of the reasons obviously because it was his own like original films like exactly. it wasn't like based on like a it wasn't a sequel or a reboot or a prequel yeah. it was like you know
0: yeah yeah and you're right. it's like you know, yes, you know Barbie is from a really really popular i p but the idea of like this really big like Barbie movie with this original premise and then also with Oppenheimer, you know, this um I wouldn't say, you know, this this man who isn't really like in the sort of like Zeitgeist was given essentially like his time in the sun, wasn't he? He's given like yeah. his, his time, you know, to explore his life and his failings and and, and triumphs. That, yeah, that's why I think Barbenheimer is probably was one of the greatest cinematic events ever and we were there to see it you know oh yeah I thought it was, also I thought it was yeah
1: also what i do find is there's a lot more original content comes out on streaming than it does in cinema
0: yeah i yeah. feel
1: like it's a lot more franchises than cinema now yeah. and then like more original kind of stuff in on on tv really
0: yeah. like mini series um, isn't it
1: mini series and also we got like like um new shows coming out as well like you know slow horses one of them. yeah or there's a show watch uh it's a show watch recently called the murder at the end of the world which is very much original content yeah
0: plan. is that with emma corin
1: yeah it's really yeah. good it's like murder mystery but it's a bit more it, it talks about ai and tech stuff it's quite clever
0: ah, right okay um yeah.
1: it's like it's literally like uh uh, knives out, but like, very, it's more techie than that. Like, yeah, yeah, ah, right. Okay, um,
0: yeah, so you recommend it.
1: Yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, yeah cool. Uh, yeah, so um I give Die Hard 2 a 7.5. So, um, that's I mean, our Die Hard 2 review. If you guys seen it, what do you think where Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you prefer it to Die Hard 1 or is Die Hard 1 reign supreme? Uh, let us know. Um, you can follow this podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can email us. Uh, you can listen to his podcast on our many platforms: Spotify, um, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Overcast, iHeartRadio, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, next week, we are going to be uh, reviewing uh, the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Yeah, uh, the second episode came out last night. Uh, really, really, really good episode, and uh, the last episode coming out next week. So our time with David Tennant and Don Noble coming to an end. <sighs> so um, yeah, I can't, I don't want to say goodbye again. Yeah, um, I'll do it. And then, um, and then after that, we're taking a a week. I say we take a weekend off, and then next, after that, then uh it'd be christmas so we're gonna be reviewing our um we're doing our 2023 review our last episode of the year and the last season finale of season four of the huffer coffee cast which will be aiming to drop on the 31st new year's new year's eve so watch that space uh but yeah no um season four coming so coming to an end 2023 so coming to an end Guys, it's going to really, be really quick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll talk about further, m- much further about that when we uh, do our review episode. Um, obviously, I let you do your part by the book. Uh, you can actually exp- uh, talk about like what we yeah. did uh, yesterday and stuff.
0: Yeah. So, um, as everyone knows, everyone that listens to the podcast. Um, Myself and my friend Morgan Rickards have released um, our debut novel, uh, our fancy adventure novel called The Long Road. It's currently available now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble in paperback and ebook form. form. Uh, yeah, yesterday, so we had um, this sort of um, quite a big um, book fair with uh, some other um, authors of the area. So we were really nice to sort of meet up with them and obviously talk about their process and their um approach to um writing and and you know what they've done essentially if they've gone with a let's say a publisher a tr- you know trad you know, like a traditional publishing or if they're self-published it's um it was really really good and the horse as well is a uh, colin r parsons really really good horse as well um and everyone there's really nice and super accommodating no it was a really nice day actually um yeah obviously it wasn't very nice um uh going out in the cold when we had to pack up eventually but uh yeah inside it was nice and warm to be fair and uh yeah you know we sold obviously books as well so that's always a good sign and uh on to on to more then
1: i felt like i should have let you start off with that at the beginning right oh, yeah, no. But, no, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for next time remember that um, we just went straight into it um we're still learning on this podcast even after 4 years yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, that's it actually. So um and obviously then yeah, by long road, still out of stores now. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's a, that's a die hard to die harder. Um motherfuckers. Um
0: <laughs> now see you machine your, gun. Ho ho
1: ho. Ho ho ho. Um we'll see you next time on the Hoff Coffeecast. cast. Have a good week and take care. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, that wraps up another episode of the Hoffee Coffee Cast. But before we end, me and Rhys want to thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like, follow, share, and review. In addition, to tell your friends, family, and fellow nerds and coffee lovers about our content. We both enjoyed talking about these topics, and with your help, we can strive to be bigger and better and bring out
1: much more to our fans and listeners. I'm your host Rhys Bolton,
0: and I'm your host Rhys Jones.
1: And we'll see you on the next Huffy Coffee Cast. Take care and goodbye. Bye.